Good morning or good afternoon, wherever the hell you're listening to us. Welcome to another episode of Kirk Your Enthusiasm. Today, I am joined by my friend, Anthony Irwin, and we're ready to talk about basketball-like substance because the Los Angeles Lakers and the Dallas Mavericks play each other on Sunday afternoon in a marquee game. How are you doing, Anthony? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm I'm, I'm hoping that because right before we went live, you were like, "It's going to be 20 minutes of fucking Fred." I I really hope that that's the name of this pod. That's I'd like. If it isn't, I'm going to be disappointed in you. I probably can't put that in the title, you know, because we're <laughs> you 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 and I are both part of the same weird podcast network, and we're like almost between shows, but we're not yet. So it's like we probably yeah. need to remain somewhat professional. But that is whatever. So, you know, I was told something yesterday that I had no idea about. And you know this, at least I'm pretty sure you know this. The Los Angeles Lakers, the closest they've been to 500 all year is within three games. Yeah. What the shit? Yeah, they started two and ten. (laughs) And (laughs) so... Uh, you know, occasionally they would kind of go on a run and, and, you know, they would win seven out of 10, but they were already so far below 500 at that point that it just got, it made the record look somewhat kind of respectable. And, and yeah, I mean, it, look, it's been, it's impossible right now to frame the season any other way than before Russell Westbrook trade and after Russell Westbrook trade. Okay. And, and like right now the Lakers, you know, they've played two straight games where both LeBron and AD have played fewer than 29 minutes and they won both of those games handily. LeBron and AD combined for 25 points last night and they beat the crap out of a shorthanded uh, Warriors team who sucks on the road anyway. Win, though. Like that game was not close. Yeah. And, and, and you know, it's just, it, it used to take, LeBron and AD combining for like 80 points for the Lakers to have a chance at winning, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you look at how, the way that they played last night, Malik Beasley goes seven of 11 from three point range. I was legitimately racking my brain for the last time a Laker shot 11, three pointers. And I wasn't concerned for like their decision-making <laughs> and last night it all came within the flow of the game. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it makes perfect sense that they have not been that close to, to 500 all year because, frankly, they were a bad basketball team while Russ was making $47 million on, on their books. So so let me ask you this, because there are so many stinking trades on the days day of, day of the trade deadline that I earnest, like, I, I have a pretty good idea of who was traded for who, but let's just go through it. So, so what mm-hmm. was the trade... Tell tell us about the Lakers trades before the deadline. So first they traded for Rui Hachimura. Um, That was the first deal that they made. They sent Kendrick Nunn and either one or two, I think two second rounders to Washington. Uh And, um, and so like that was, that was interesting because when it happened, I remember um, I had, I think we had just been laid off. Uh, or I had just been notified that I was laid off and um, Jake Fisher was nice enough to like reach out and say, Hey, if you want a platform, you can come on. I'm doing the get, I'm doing my show live today. And I'm like, well, my head's all over the place, but sure. Why not? What could, what could possibly go wrong? And I kind of wondered at that time, if that was going to start to reset the market because the market was so out of whack because yeah, no the- one could be traded for what? 
Right, right. Well, Rudy Gobert goes for 37 first-round picks and has been a disaster, basically, for a lot of the season in Minnesota. So, like, from that point on, every GM who had a player who was, like, even kind of desirable was like, I want two first-rounders for Eric Gordon. And and so uh, when Rui went, you know, Rudy Rui is a flawed player. Like I, I um, he's going to have to make some tweaks to his approach to the game if he if he really wants to continue to play pivotal roles on good teams. But uh, he is still a former top ten pick, uh, and he went for not a single first rounder. He is an expiring contract at worst, um, and he's going to be signed, I think, to a pretty livable uh you know for the team his next contract is going to be pretty easy to deal with because he hasn't really lived up to top 10 billing and and yeah so that was the first trade and um i wondered if that was going to reset the market and then you know you come to find out before then it was going to cost one pick to move russ and it was going to cost another pick to get anything of value for russ so uh you know before it was two picks for say Miles Turner and Buddy Heald with Russ going back to Indiana. And that was the trade that like has gotten all the attention dating back to the very beginning of the off season. And the, the final trade that winds up actually getting across the finish line here was Russ in a first rounder. And that, you know, it, Mike Conley was involved. He winds up in Minnesota or whatever, but the Lakers wind up getting D'Angelo Russell. Uh, they get Malik Beasley and they get Jared Vanderbilt. Um, and, and it was thought before, you know, the, the, the trade deadline series of trades, Vanderbilt was going to get a first rounder. Beasley was going to get a first rounder. And, and I would have imagined that, that like Minnesota thought they were going to get a first rounder for, for D'Angelo Russell. You want to know my co-host said to me Mm -hmm. yesterday, he said, nothing makes me think the league is rigged more than the Lakers getting three functional players for Russell Westbrook in a pick. Yeah. Um, I sort of, I laugh like and scoff at that just because each one of those players you mentioned has like definitive flaws. Like, yeah. And and they're like they're they're useful rotation players, but they probably need fit more than anything else because like and they're all no, about to be paid. Like right. all of them, so it's, all of them have contracts that end after the season. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, just just putting that out in the universe because like I think there are people that that have that frame of reference where I'm like, okay, this is like a pretty interesting trade, but it it also puts the Lakers. We're gonna circle back to this in the end. Lakers in kind of a Lakers have a lot of really important decisions to make in mm-hmm. the future. So yeah, they 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 really do. So uh, that was the that was the big trade. Obviously, finally getting off of Russ and getting you know some depth in, in return for him. Even if they are flawed players, Vanderbilt can't shoot. Malik Beasley can't defend. So if you combine those two players, they're a great role player. <laughs> but, but, but 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 like even that said, you have LeBron and AD, and they are going to make mm-hmm. role players better. And so like that was always kind of the frustration when they went out and they got Russell Westbrook was like. LeBron and AD aren't going to make Russ better. LeBron yeah. and AD can make Malik Beasley better. They can make Jared Vanderbilt better. They'll make like Mo Bamba better or something like that. And that was the the final trade that the Lakers made. And this was one that I they kind of I, I've been scratching my head over. Um, I guess they made two trades that eventually folded into one. But they sent uh, Thomas Bryant to Denver, and they got a few second rounders back for him. And then they sent a uh, second rounder and Patrick Beverly to Orlando for Mobamba and, and kind of replaced 
the Thomas Bryant in their rotation, kind of upgraded, I think, from from Thomas Bryant to Mo Bamba. But I, the only thing I would have done maybe differently there is I actually, they already used the one first rounder. I would have used the second one and gone out and gotten Boyan um, with, you know, Patrick Beverly's expiring. But, you know, I, I, I think the Lakers, and we'll, like you said, t- circle back to like what they might do in the future later. But um, they wanted to hold on to that second first round pick. But yeah, they, they wind up turning Kendrick Nunn, Russell Westbrook, and Patrick Beverly and, you know, a first rounder and I think three or four second rounders winds up being the, the final total. They send those guys out and those picks out and they get back D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Mo Bamba, and Jared Vanderbilt and, mm-hmm. and Rui Hachimura. And, you know, a, a very successful uh, trade deadline. And quite the trade deadline because now we have two teams because, you know, everybody knows this by now. Obviously, the Mavericks have Kyrie Irving. They were the one of the first teams to really get, get uh, you know, along with the Lakers, moving the trade deadline up a little bit, uh, kind of precursors to what a what a crazy trade deadline that we had with the Rehachimura trade, then the Kyrie Irving trade. Felt like Kyrie one might be big, and then there was the Durant one, which overshadowed everything. Yep. So we're now we're, we're heading into a game. Have you told the story yet of, like – have you laid out the scene? Oh yeah, of- yeah. No, Josh and I recorded later that night. Or just uh, <laughs> Anthony was with me. Uh, I forgot you were there. God, I w- Anthony and I were in the same room um, because Anthony is currently a Texas resident, and he had driven up for for Doyle Raiders baby shower, and was like, "Oh yeah. God, we got to go deal with this." But so so now we got this 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 kind of marquee game, and it's a bit of a I'll call it. You know, it feels like every game for the Lakers is somehow like this stretch that they have. I mean, this is a monstrous stretch where it's Mm -hmm. like Dallas, Memphis, Oklahoma City, Minnesota, Golden State, Memphis again, Toronto, New York. Like there's not y'all don't play a truly bad team until Houston on the 15th of March. So if there's a a play in game push to to be had, it's going to have to be made over these next several weeks. And these two teams are playing against each other and they're both kind of in very interesting spots. Like, so mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen this because this happened literally as we were logging in, but D'Angelo Russell is considered yep. doubtful according to Darvin Ham. And I think that I'm, I'm curious, like, just like, what's your read on this game? How does his injury and him being out impact what the Lakers have been doing these last two games? And, you know, what is it? What do you think it means for for like the Lakers' chances? Because road games are always harder. We know that. Mm-hmm. But then again, the, the, I don't know if you know this, but the Mavericks have been giving up like north of 60 points in the paint since they traded for Kyrie. It's been mm. horrendous. Yeah. So that that's, um, you know, that's not a stat that you want going into a game where you're about to try to guard Anthony Davis. Right. <laughs> like that's, right. That, that's the this game. To me, this game came down to just Anthony Davis. Is he alive? Yeah. Um. And, and look, there's been some weird vibes around AD. Um, some question as far as like how healthy he is, where he's at mentally, all of this stuff. Uh, last night was another weird one. He only shot five times uh, against the Warriors. And and like, look, Draymond Green defends AD better than everybody else in the league. Like not, not as good as everybody else in the league, but better than everybody in the league. He really gets into him. He really uses that low center of gravity and fouls the shit out of him. And, 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 um, I, I think it, it, that was, it was a weird matchup for AD one that he probably should have taken more advantage of, but didn't. Um, and, and yeah, like ever since he's come back, he's had some moments, he's had some spurts. He'll have the occasional play where he gets way up above the rim 
And then he'll have like a string last night where Kavon Looney stuff him in a locker for like, you know, five straight offensive rebounds. So weird vibes around AD. He is, I think, going to be kind of the central figure of this one. If the Lakers can get him going, I just don't think Dallas, especially after the 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 Kyrie trade, can can really do much with him. As far as Russell, I don't know. Um I think he's replaceable enough now that they have more players. I would prefer they start Austin Reeves at point guard mm, and let sure. Schroeder run the second unit. He's Schroeder has looked a lot better coming off of the bench and not playing as much next to LeBron. Uh, Schroeder doesn't really space the floor. He needs the ball in his hands. You can run the occasional Schroeder LeBron uh, pick and roll, but like they don't defense is basically just like leave Schroeder and double LeBron on the screen. And, and uh, Schroeder isn't really like a drop. Somebody who takes advantage of drop the coverage or turns the corner. The, your roster is just peak. Remember some guys. <laughs> it is. Like, I forgot like, that Schroeder was on the team. <laughs> it's like the expendables movie series. Like it's, uh, <laughs> it's like, it, it's like, Oh, Jet Lee's here. Um, So yeah, I, I think, I I think Russell being out hurts because like he has been really fun to watch as like a secondary prime uh, secondary creator next to LeBron. He is a good shooter and that really helps. But I think I think Reeves can kind of make up for that to a certain extent. And look, if if Malik Beasley goes seven of eleven from three point range, the Lakers just aren't going to lose that game. Sure. Like that's not that's just the, it's it it becomes really difficult to guard them if if he is that kind of unconscious. So. Uh, yeah, those I think are the two factors. The, the, can the Lakers carry over their solid shooting from home on the road? We know role players shoot worse on the road, and that's a big factor. And then, look, defensively, they just don't really have an answer for Kyrie. Like, there's – or or I, they, they have somewhat of an answer. Like, Jared Vanderbilt is physical enough, I think, to kind of annoy Luka sometimes uh Rui also is kind of physical enough but he's not very good defensively uh they have zero players who might even annoy <laughs> Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. so so that's that's I think the 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 big kind of questions that I have going into it will AD play well and and how thoroughly can Kyrie take advantage of the Lakers uh defensive point guard woes I expect just like a so the Mavericks beat the Spurs last night, 142 to 116. Like, I expect an 80s basketball game with this score. Like, pound yeah. me over because Kyrie has been pushing the Mavs a little bit more. Mavs has been scoring a little bit more. And, you know, Luka had traditionally been put, been playing the Mavericks at such a low pace. The Lakers, like, obviously, you know, LeBron and Luka get a lot of comps. But the thing that drives me nuts is Luka does not take any transition points. He just doesn't push the ball. Mm-hmm. That's where LeBron has been killing teams his entire yeah. career and really crushing the Mavericks the last couple of times they played. Uh, and and so I'm going to be looking forward to seeing kind of what the pace of the game is. I just I think I think an over is is something to to consider if you're a betting person. I think this one like this is. This is what ABC hopes for when they do yeah. these marquee games because this is, you know, Anthony Davis, I'm not sure how popular he is, but Luca, LeBron, and Kyrie are three of the five most popular players in the league. Mm-hmm. I, I will say one thing I've heard, and I've not been to a game since Kyrie's been there, is that the crowd energy since Kyrie has been there has shifted a lot to mm-hmm. where because of how he plays and just frankly because of the, his fan base sort of traveling people showing up more the games are a bit more raucous cuz cuz the Mavs have just traditionally 
kind of had that, you know, I don't know, just like kind of a, yeah, it's like a place to be seen, you know. And Lakers mm-hmm. obviously have that issue with the lower level bowl, and and it just seems like that. Somebody, I think this will be a really really fun game. I'm, gl- I'm also glad it's on in the middle of the day because I mean, yeah. they don't have to work at night. <laughs> yeah, it's. I I really am happy that that for the league's sake that the Lakers made the Russell Westbrook trade. Like it, that story was told. We've seen yep. that movie a few times over. We knew how it was ending and it, everything. And like there was reporting after the fact, you know, there was the the infamous Dave McMenamin relaying that somebody from the Lakers called Russ a vampire. Like it, like there's just that that whole saga needed to end and and it needed to end as as quickly as it possibly could. And now like the focus can be basketball. Like every every time Russ stepped onto the court it was always gosh you know they were thinking about sending him home if they didn't trade him and and if he played in this game that would be part of the conversation like when are they going to send this guy home is this you know can this continue but no like at now with the way that the rosters are kind of put together i am really fascinated how Kyrie and luca make it work together i'm really fascinated by you know can the lakers take advantage of Luca and Kyrie defensively, you know, and, 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 you know, some of how they're going to struggle. Like, I think Dorian Finney Smith's absence in this one is really going to matter. Um, LeBron on the wing. Uh, yeah. There's nobody. With, like, now with space. <laughs> yeah. Well, like it, it's, it was one thing before when Russ was there that like the Lakers would kind of guard themselves with <laughs> having, <laughs> having such few shooters that it, like the key even if you didn't have great defenders, if you just basically told the Reggie Bullocks of the world, if you just told anybody like, Hey, just stand in the paint. Like, don't worry about whoever you're guard. Like if you're guarding Dennis Schroeder, it doesn't matter if you're guarding Russ, obviously really doesn't matter. It like whoever it is, just stand in the paint and get in LeBron and AD's way and, and really kind of churn up and, and chum up that, that, that area in front of the rim. And, and that's going to kind of constipate the Lakers offense. But now that the Lakers have, more got at, at almost every time the Lakers have at least one, maybe two guys who defenses have to care are open on the three point line. Right. And that makes it so like not having DFS against LeBron really kind of hurts more yep. because he's not going to have whoever is guarding LeBron isn't going to have that kind of help. Nope. All right. Now we got to talk about the one thing that I don't really want to talk about, but I think is worth bringing up just because mm. of where we are in the year. So Mavs fans are perpetually frustrated by now with what feels like to me. And I'm not, I'm not always like this. I used to be before I got into this business and I learned a little more, but it really feels like with what Windhorst and then our, our Tim Bontemps and some of these other ESPN figures are pushing Colin Cowherd the other day, I feel like there's a real wag the dog issue where there's a lot of smoke about how Kyrie will end up in Los Angeles. And I don't know how to feel about it other than be annoyed because when you look at the math, yeah, the the Lakers would have to strip mine the team. Mm -hmm. Like and and you know, we just talked about this with some of the players that they have that doesn't seem like something that the team would want to do. 
So I, I'm just, I'm really curious, like what is your sort of understanding and then what is your position of like what's going on here? So I guess it's a few things uh, going on. One, and I think this is something that ESPN and like those kinds of big platform reporters are kind of ignoring, like actively ignoring, mm-hmm. is like you're talking about the math. Kyrie, if let's say the Lakers actually go down this path, and I think it would be incredibly stupid of them to do this after you used a first rounder to go out and 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 get D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, after you use second rounders to go out and get Rui Hachimura and Mo Bamba, like after you use all of those assets and you don't have very many assets to speak of as it is, uh, <laughs> you're going to bring those players in and then immediately re- renounce them at the beginning of the, of, at the beginning of the off season in order to maybe have a chance at getting Russ or at, at getting, uh, sorry, Kyrie Irving. That doesn't make much sense in terms of asset management. The other part of this too, Kyrie Irving was on a team with his best friend, a team that he and his best friend like hand chose uh, a team that just fired the head coach to appease him and his best friend. Like they had everything that, you know, that they could possibly want in a situation. And yet because Brooklyn was reluctant or refused to max out Kyrie Irving. He tanked the entire situation eventually is now a a Dallas Maverick while he was a a free agent last year. There were reports that he was willing to take the taxpayer mid-level exception to go to the Lakers. And, and the entire reason behind that was like trying to get more out of Brooklyn. So like, I, I just think a lot of what you hear and a lot of what comes from, from Kyrie's camp here, it to me reads as him pressuring Dallas into giving him his full max. And Hey, just so you know, if, if, if you don't give me this full max, I'm perfectly willing to go to the Lakers. Right. But if he goes to the Lakers, he's taking like a $20 million uh, or no, like a $15 million tax cut. And, he, or, and, and, and I don't want to say the man needs the money. Because that's not but it matters a, to my him. business. And B, I don't know. But like the fact of the matter is, his last two years have resulted in a change in perpetual income for him. Like yeah. severing the deal with Nike. Yep. That's like that's wild. Like I we've not really talked about that because it's it, it's just players that doesn't happen very often. Um yeah. players are usually like like shoe athletes for life and you know, this is, he's 30, he's going to be 31. He might already be 31, I can't remember. But this is his last best hope for a big contract. And I don't know how I feel about him yet. I like watching him play basketball. I, I can't mm-hmm. tell you that. I don't know what Dallas would do because they have the ability to give him a five-year max. Mm-hmm. That's a quarter of a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, and it's just like that alone, when you look at that with what the Lakers could do, the best I think doubt like there is like some sign and trade possibility at play. And, and I think both like all, if that was something Kyrie wanted, that would be in the Mavericks best interest because they mm-hmm. took a big gamble here. But it's interesting to hear you say that that's what I had sort of thought. And that's why it, it's like, when I talk with Lakers friends, it's why it's so weird being pushed from these national reporters that this is a thing because it it's, it's interesting, but 
it doesn't necessarily seem to be in the Lakers' best interest either. It's in it. It's it's in ESPN's best interest, right? <laughs> like, can I can I like? Am yeah, I allowed no, to just fine. say that? Yeah. Like, yeah. of course. ESPN benefits from Kyrie reuniting with LeBron and, and playing alongside Anthony Davis in LA. Like, of course that's what they want. Um, It's funny. Again, you just look at the two games that the Lakers have played with LeBron healthy and with all of the new guys, LeBron and AD haven't had to play 30 minutes together and they've won both of their games handily. Now they beat new Orleans without Zion, but like, that's just how they perpetually are. And they beat, um, the Warriors without Steph on the road, and they've been terrible on the road even with Steph. So, like, there are disclaimers here to notice and and for people to point out. But the caliber of basketball that we are watching now with depth and shooting around LeBron and AD is right there with the caliber, not right there with, but, you know, resembles the caliber of basketball that the Lakers won a championship with, right? They They won a championship with LeBron AD shooting in defense, right? Shooting athleticism, length and defense. And, and, and yeah, I, I just, I, I tweeted it last night during the game. I hope the front office is paying attention because there is, there's going to be opportunity. Like you're talking about sign and trade for Kyrie. Bradley Beal is already talking about like, oh. Hey, you know, my patience is running out. It's like, man, you just signed giant, the, the, a record setting contract. Yep. Um, Zach, Zach Levine apparently wants to be in LA and, and, and there's that aspect of it too. And, and this is part of why I think they kept their first rounder um, it, because on draft night, they could technically make a two first round pick trade and they can do, and they have contracts to be able to make it work and, and, and all of that stuff. But yeah, I, I just, it doesn't make any sense to me to have success with LeBron AD shooting in depth, fall on your face in a three, three prong model like they have with Russell Westbrook then immediately resume a higher caliber of basketball with LeBron AD shooting in depth, and then immediately go back to the three-star model after potentially having this success. Like if they make the playoffs and then look, maybe, maybe what the way that they're playing isn't sustainable. It's altogether possible. But if they, if this is sustainable and they go on a run and they make the playoff or they make the play in and they get into the playoffs and then, immediately turn around and ignore that success all over again i'm turning into the joker like i have i have, i have no idea what to do with 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 how uh, actively ignorant they are when it comes to what gets you success with lebron and ad that's right okay that actually makes me and and understanding like i'm still kind of really concerned about giving Kyrie irving a lot of money but i'm also really concerned with what the mavericks have been doing for years and Nobody cares. Uh, we just keep kind of ending up in similar spots. Um, well, it's it's what you have to do, right? Like when you yeah. when you give up everything like you did for Kyrie, you at least have to sign him to a deal to keep that cap spot. And then if it isn't working or if he chooses whenever he chooses to, you know, whenever his eight, uh, what is it? The, the ADD, whenever it strikes again, um, you know, you want to have him on contract and, with some security for whatever team is trading for him or on, on a workable trade for whatever or a workable contract for, for wherever he goes next, uh, you kind of have to sign him to a, a deal. Now the five-year max that. Right. He, right. they, did this, yeah. they, they did this with Porzingis sight unseen where they just gave him the money and they did yeah. not have to do a lot of what they did. And 
Mavericks, and I think a lot of front offices work from this position of, well, if we do right by players and agents, then that'll come around in the end. And I don't believe that shit for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> like <that's> I mean, <laughs> you're, you're you're asking you're asking for a favor from people who inherently act on on what behooves them, and that's and like, that's fine. That's, like that's, that's how, how it's so it's, yeah, that's yeah. how it's supposed yeah. to work. Anyway, well. I would ask you where you, we could find your stuff. Um, is it still the same <laughs> podcast feed for the moment? It is. Yeah, it's it's still the Silver Screen and Roll podcast network for still kind of the foreseeable future. But yeah. but yeah, it, the nice thing is, you know, it, it seems like they're handing over the pod feed control yeah. of the pod feeds. So if you subscribe to your show, you're still going to be subscribed to your show. If you're subscribed right. to my show, then you're going to continue to be subscribed to my show. Yep. Well, thank you for hanging out with me on a Friday afternoon. I'll get this up on Saturday morning. Uh, everyone go check out the last two shows that I've done, as well as the show that I did with Ben Golver a couple days ago. Really liked that one. Um, Ben's obviously a... a Ben's great. A, oh, he's very opinionated, like strong Kyrie takes where he was like, do not let yourself... Do not let Kyrie in your heart. It was really funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Anthony, thanks so much for hanging out. And uh, guys, we will talk to you on Sunday afternoon. Have a good weekend.